0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Too Old for This Podcast, episode 18 Dark Phoenix Spoiler Reviews. Uh, Kevin and I are going to defend this one, believe it or not. Let's get into this. On-nerd and up, nerd. Let's start the damn show.
1: What's crack a lacking, homie?
0: Well, for This Podcast, where. The year is not two thousand nineteen. The year is nineteen naughty twenty nine. And you're here with your two favorite nineties rappers, JD the MC and DJ Kevy Evie, <laughs> aka Jeremy Dove, and Kevin Evans. Kevin, how are you, my brother?
1: I'm good, man. I'm good. Um Nineteen <laughs> you say? 19,
0: Naughty Twenty <laughs> Nine, y'all. <laughs> You got to keep the faith. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, man, that's dope. So... And
0: 1990-30 is all about me.
1: <laughs> there you that go. Kind of rhyme, that kind of <laughs>
0: All good, all good. So, how you, how you been?
1: I, I'm all right. I'm all right. How you been? How you been?
0: Good, 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 good. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to talk about Dark Phoenix today. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, it's kind of funny, I think. Uh, here we are in the middle of another um. Just cultural, like, curb stomping uh, of a movie, and in my opinion, uh, once again, uh, clearly on display is MCU bias, because I'll give you my bottom, my top line opinion on Dark Phoenix right now to explain my point here. Uh, This movie, had it been an MCU film, if you scrubbed the Fox logos off of it and put MCU on it, and you put it in the middle of a Marvel phase, right, Mm -hmm. like... Like not as the event, not as the finale. Nobody would have had a fucking problem with this movie at all. Like right. it's not it's not that fucking bad, okay? Like everybody is reviewing their fucking expectations again. Right? F- that's that's my take anyway. How did you feel after seeing?
1: I feel okay, so no, I agree. It wasn't that bad. Um it's to be honest, it's probably around the same as captain marvel to me as far as like like you know what i mean like enjoyment goes uh,
0: level of enjoyment yeah, yeah. i'd say captain marvel slightly edges it out for me but yeah. i'd say it's pretty close i'd say it's pretty close yeah for i would sure. say
1: captain marvel was a little bit better but it was it was around that kind of level um okay. it obviously had it had its flaws now with any movie that that gets pushed over a year um you know if something's wrong Right. Uh anytime this happens in like I'm I'm I fear. Uh I was so excited about New Mutants. I fear this movie now because it's been pushed two years. That's if it even comes out now. But uh right.
0: Right. I was excited right. when funny.
1: I saw that trailer and that came out that trailer came out around the same time as Dark Phoenix.
0: Yep. Right. So um,
1: but yeah, no, Dark Phoenix, I think the black the backlash really is the fact that it got pushed a year. Um, and now that we have this movie, is it the worst X-Men movie I've ever seen? No, there was definitely worse. Uh, okay,
0: oh, X-Men Origins is okay. I don't, I don't even want to rank it yet. Let's let's save our ranking okay. For, okay. For, for for after we review it. But yeah, let's no, talk I'm, about not,
1: the I'm not ranking, it. I'm just saying, I, I think, I think, just think saying... You just,
0: I think you just reinforced my point. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but okay. I, I think what you just said was people are upset because of the stuff around this movie right but people when they're actually reviewing this movie uh if they're actually if they actually watched it then they then they are so biased right <laughs> uh, like I because when you actually watch this movie it's as an x-men fan especially and here I go back to um, like kind of how I felt about Game of Thrones right like I feel mm-hmm. like like Game of Thrones book fans are like, are like the real fans, right? And this is for us and everybody extra who's, who came to the show. I feel like they are extra and, and they, don't, they don't count as much as us. So I feel the same way with X-Men fans when we're talking about an X-Men movie, right? So I'm talking about if you grew up reading X-Men comics, right? If you're a fan of X-Men comics before you come to the films, right? right. So you're still, So you're still that person who, you know, back 20 years ago when we got the first X-Men film from Fox... It was like this huge world-changing event for you, right? Mm -hmm. Because you had always wanted to see this on the screen, and you'd never had it before, right? Right. And and then this entire series has been for that for that type of fan uh, an experience of well, how are we doing in compared to the comic fandom, right? And this series has obviously been very hit and miss in that area, right? But 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 coming back to those same people, like if you still have that feeling like you still like just enjoy seeing these comics that you loved translated to the screen. Well, I'm telling you the people who made this film are those people too. And they put stuff on the screen that is just for you in this movie. Like, like an amazing, I don't know if you caught the dazzler yeah. um, cameo, yep, uh, which, which I haven't heard one person talk about you when know, they were. The
1: right. It's funny that you should say that. Cause yeah, you're absolutely right. I haven't heard anyone mention that Dazzler with being in this film. And as soon as she came on the, on the screen, I was like, oh, my God, the Dazzler. <laughs> Fantastic cameo. You know I mean? Fantastic no, cameo. cameo. Yeah,
0: yeah. And you know what? I, in that moment, it made me wish what these movies were, were like first class too, right? I wish we were just focused on these young characters. Mm-hmm. I wish like there's a scene in the movie where they're basically at a bush party because yeah. they're, cel- they're celebrating the, 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 the successful space mission at the beginning of the movie. And it's just the young X-Men drinking in the woods, partying together.
1: Yeah.
0: And I'm like, okay, here we have the beginnings of an interesting thread that I want to pull on. And if if we were getting more films with these characters from Fox, like this is totally the direction I would want this to go. But obviously that's not happening. Mm. And so it's a little bit sad when you see this and you go, oh, there's potential here. But, um, you know, this is over, so um, yeah. it, is kind of, it is kind of a weird note. Like, I get why people are a little bit weird about it. I don't expect people to love it as much as Endgame or something. But, I like, when Jeremy John's, uh, like, millennial YouTube movie reviewer, goes on YouTube, um, before the movie was released, because he, he saw the, the, the early showing, mm. um, and calls the movie dog shit. And he says the movie is worse than Origins. He says the worry movie is worse than Apocalypse. I don't know what he was watching, okay? Yeah. So let's talk about what happens to this movie, okay? Um, we start out with uh, the situation that we've seen in the trailer. Uh, there's an emergency in space. Yeah. Um, some, some astronauts are in danger. And the X-Men are now superheroes in this world. And this is the first time we've kind of got this era of X-Men, um, which is something that happens in the comics from time to time as well. They're not always at odds with humanity every once in a while. They are actually the heroes of humanity. Yeah. I treated as superheroes. Um, and, uh, we get like the president calling professor Xavier directly on the hotline to save the astronauts. Right. Yeah. Which, it, which is a cool like dynamic. If you've been following this series, you know, <laughs> the fact that the Xavier and the president are buddies now, uh, You know, that's fantastic for this team, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: So uh, we get Xavier sending the X-Men into space um, to save these astronauts, and we get immediate tension. It seems like immediately we get... uh, (coughs) Sorry, Mystique, uh, Raven. We get get, immediately pushing back, like, oh, this is dangerous. Oh, what are we doing this for? Which I felt a little weird about, because I felt like maybe there's a little bit of forced drama inserted into the dialogue here because I didn't understand really why Raven was so resistant to, in the beginning of this movie, right? Because it seemed like like this is what the X-Men always wanted.
1: What? Wasn't it uh, Phoenix that was a little resistant and Mystique was the one that was like uh, – Phoenix, like, yeah, Phoenix was and nervous. And Phoenix was nervous. Phoenix had a bad was, feeling about it. Mystique was sure. the one that was like, don't worry. Mystique was we'll like, don't
0: find. worry. I'll, I'll protect you, right? Yes, yeah. and then And then when they were on the mission, it kind of went wrong. And Mystique wanted to call it off early, but there was one, there was one astronaut who still had to be saved. And Xavier made the call from the ground where he was safe and said, (laughs) um, (laughs) and said, um, you know, no one's left behind. No one's left behind. We got to save that last astronaut, which is what, which is what, uh, you know, causes the next event, which is um, uh, the Dark Phoenix insemination, basically. Uh, Jean Grey is a
1: good way to put it. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Gene Grey is basically the last one left in the space shuttle, rescuing the astronauts and the Phoenix force enters her from space in that, in that moment. Um, you know, so Jean nearly dies because, you know, she's, you know, in space exposed to the elements for a a moment there. They just barely rescue her. They think. Mm -hmm. And, um, so when they get home, Raven's upset with Xavier, yeah. and then and then she's giving him shit. And I just I really felt like it was over the top. Like I, she's giving him shit for enjoying the popularity of the X Men. Like you like it when the president calls you, yeah. and I'm, think, I'm thinking, of course he does. Like haven't you seen the previous ten movies? Of course. <laughs> like of course Xavier's happy, and of course he's sending the X Men into danger. That's their job, mm-hmm. and they train they train for this and prepare for this constantly like i i really didn't get the whole trying to turn xavier into the problem in the beginning of this i really i really empathize with xavier pretty much through this whole thing and i and all of these reviewers uh like jeremy johns and uh i'm also thinking of uh grace randolph from um beyond the trailer on youtube
1: okay
0: um they keep they keep i just i keep hearing reviewers say that Xavier is the is the bad guy in this movie, or Xavier is kind of not in character in this movie because he's so thoughtless and what he does is mean yeah. to Gene, And I didn't get that at all. Like, can we
1: back? Step, well, yeah, go ahead. Um, of, uh, we kind of missed uh, the opening of this film, okay, uh, which was actually quite important, and that was Jean um, right, right, Gray right. as a kid. Flashback to her childhood. Yeah, um, and where she's like basically not necessarily arguing with her parents, but she keeps switching the radio, and we find out that she has powers, obviously. And then right. they crash, and
0: then we assume basically that—well,
1: I guess we kind of assume and we're off the bat um, that they both die in this car crash,
0: right? They make it appear that way yeah. um, to the viewer, and this is and, this is Jean this is Jean Gray's origin story, right? This is yeah. her. This is her Bruce Wayne watching his parents getting murdered kind of yeah. seminal moment. Um, I like, like the, the way... Th-
1: her follow post to Bruce is
0: And I, I like the way this happens um, compared to the way they handled her story in in um, X2 United. Right. Um, and, and very similar. Like definitely when they were remaking this origin story of Phoenix uh they definitely had X2 United in mind in my opinion because it seemed like a lot of these shots were almost remakes of shots from that film
1: right
0: it felt like um they were intentionally trying to do a better version of that like they maybe addressing criticisms of the way that that one was told to try and tell it better and i think they told tell it, they did tell it a little better you know obviously the internet reaction is not uh, doesn't agree with me on that but um but okay you're right in this opening scene she's a little yeah. girl she's, she's in the back seat of the car her yeah. parents are making her listen to music on the radio she doesn't like she yeah. keeps using her telekinesis to change the radio yeah. station it turns into a distraction that causes her father to get in an accident and
1: we mother, think mother mother was driving
0: Mother was driving sorry yeah. and we think both of her parents die at yeah. this moment and well, the next
1: professor x tells us that they both <laughs> right, die basically right. essentially
0: Right, um, and and, then, and it's and of course it's a big reveal later that that that's not the case, but yeah. but at this point in the movie Spoiler! we just see we, <laughs> we see Xavier we see Xavier taking Jean home to the school to say you know don't worry I'll take care of you now.
1: <clears throat> I like to point out um, just real quickly how was he driving? <laughs> 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 I don't even know this, but he was driving the car telekinesis. <laughs> <laughs> He's he's a Do we very ass- very powerful we assume telekinetic. This? Do we assume this? Because we don't know for sure. But I thought that <laughs> that was a little off. The fact that he was driving, and you can see uh, his uh, his his wheelchair in the back seat. <laughs> yeah. No, so, but no, anyways, so okay. uh, well, you let... can you can
0: you can you can you can put hand controls in a car for for people who are paralyzed. Oh, I drive. guess
1: I guess that's true. But right.
0: But but Xavier does have telekinesis. There you go. So okay. Enough. Enough. Uh, you know, Enough to push pedals. Like anyway. this,
1: this, this was, um, this would have been taking place in the 80s. Did they have that technology back then? Yes, 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 yeah? yes. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> but yeah, so then they, they <sighs> take her, she takes her to the house and, um, what do you, I can't remember the line, but, uh, she said that she was broken or something like that. And he's like, right, right. He no says, he says,
0: no one's broken or he, he says, he says, the conversation goes something like she says to him, but uh, but bad things happen. I make bad things happen, and I break things. Yeah. Uh, and Xavier says, don't worry. Whatever you break, I can fix. I can
1: fix. That's right.
0: And she says, "Can you can you fix me?" And he says, "You are absolutely not broken." That's and, it. and 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 th- that was a really touching scene to me. And maybe it's it's McAvoy elevating the material for me, mm-hmm. but I really empathize with him in this moment. He's he's a young man still. He doesn't. He's not a parent. He's never raised a child. And this this little girl is breaking his heart so much, and he just wants to protect her so badly. Mm-hmm. She's a mu- She's a mutant, and it's his lifelong mission to rescue mutants who are suffering because of their powers and because they're not understood in society so this little girl to him represents such an emotionally overpowering like driving force to him i absolutely empathize with every decision he made in this in this and i i hate the way reviewers have been attacking him and attacking the writing saying that saying that they changed his character in this movie I, I completely disagree like we just we just get him in a different time in a different phase when his situation is much different and he's kind of enjoying it and we're and we're also learning about some mistakes he's made based on his emotion here right, right. and and I empathize with all of it anyway um <coughs> well,
1: I so, guess uh, I guess what what he learns made him stronger right so you got to you got to make mistakes To right, uh, right, and
0: Xavier Xavier is a character like any other, he's not omnipotent. Um, and as long as he makes mistakes and tries to learn from them, or you you see his like emotional journey, um, and that he's still a good person at heart, like the the, it's still Xavier, it's not like especially when you get the Xavier from Logan, like that broken down, like full of regret, my whole life, like amounted to pain and suffering. Xavier, right? Yeah. Like If you can see this Xavier, this James McAvoy, Xavier, you know, ending up at that point. Right. Because you, you see the like, no matter how hard he tries, there are always terrible ramifications to everything yeah. that come back on him. Right. Yeah, of course um okay so uh where were we in the film so, so we get, the, we get that opening scene forward, yeah yep.
1: so we're back and on then,
0: Earth, and, th- and then we get the space mission and then we're back on earth and uh gene is getting checked out and everybody's worried about her and she's like i feel great i feel better than i ever felt yeah. and we know this is because of the phoenix force within her yeah. taking taking her over we know that because we're x-men fans and we've seen all this in other versions before yeah including the x-men animated series and i wanted to ask you about that were you a fan of that the tv series
1: a long time ago back like in the um i want to say late 80s i used to watch it religiously um do i remember it not really but yeah no i used to watch it
0: religiously when i was a kid for sure i never watched it i feel i feel like it came slightly after my era of tv cartoons Mm -hmm. and and um but I have heard a lot of fans of that show saying that that was the best telling of Dark Phoenix so far and yeah. that, you know, comparing this movie to that. And I feel like the people who made this movie really were influenced by that. Um, and I think uh, that's proven in the post-credits moment where uh, they actually play the uh, animated X-Men TV series theme song
1: right.
0: at the end of the credits. Um Kind of like a a cool nod, kind of the way at the end of Endgame they played uh, Tony's hammer pounding, mm-hmm. and they kind of they kind of gave you a nod that way instead of a trailer because we got nothing else coming up. Uh, we just give you like a nice a nice fan moment there. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so the story continues, and um, you know uh, Gene starts to uh, exhibit you know um, an increase in power level. Um, you know Hank says, "Oh, your power level's off the charts. It's I, my machine can't even read it anymore." Yeah means I need a, need a better machine I thought that was a cute a cute moment um uh one thing I was disappointed in was uh quicksilver uh in this movie uh that that guy was my favorite character in this series mm-hmm. uh this version of the X-Men team and uh he he's reduced to I think 3 lines in yeah. this movie yeah and I don't um have
1: screen time either
0: no, and um, like he disappears after the second act. He's yeah. not in the, in the third act at all. Um, and uh, we don't get any continuation of his plot line with Magneto being his father and Magneto not knowing right. <laughs> that, that he has uh, a son, Quicksilver. So um, uh, really disappointed uh, there. Uh, Peter Maximoff did such a great job with that character in the previous couple of movies that I, like he had become like the reason I came for this, for this series almost. Um, But what I really did enjoy was um, a more prominent Nightcrawler and Storm because I love these two versions of these two characters as well. Mm -hmm. And these two actors, I think really deserved a little more and they got a little more in this film. Um, I don't know if you agree with me on that, but like for me, my biggest disappointment going forward is we're not going to see this Alexandra ship version of Aurora Monroe. We're not going to see this Cody Smith McPhee version of Kurt Wagner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of these characters I can let go of, but, but like those two and even Maximoff in Quicksilver, uh, I, you know, I'm sad to see them go.
1: Yeah. Uh, I will say I, I definitely love uh, storm in this, a right. uh, version of the franchise over right. Halle Berry. Oh, uh, Halle
0: Berry was the worst. dude. Yes. The worst. Well,
1: my biggest, my biggest gripe with her from the get go was the accent. There was no accent. Right. So the fact that, right. uh, that this storm actually has an accent is right. I thought was right. great. It's um, essential. To, it's essential to storm it's, that it's, you it's include very her It's essential hair. to the character. Yeah. And that's yeah. the one thing that pissed me off about Halle Berry. Um, Nightcrawler. I will say I did like the original Nightcrawler better. Um, from the uh, oh from sure X2. he was he was amazing he was that amazing. Guy was, yeah, that guy was yeah. incredible. Um, I do like this Nightcrawler. I just like that one better acting wise. I don't right. know. He just
0: well, but wasn't that um, Darth Maul?
1: Uh, no, wasn't no. That... Darth Maul was uh, Toad. Oh yeah, Darth Maul. I
0: thought, was I thought toad. it was the same guy. Okay, uh, yeah, no,
1: um, I do not remember the guy's name. I can look it up um but yeah no that guy um no i just liked him better like overall you like sure i don't know, emotionally like his his emotions came through like the makeup and stuff like that um no i, I liked, thought um, i
0: i think this kid plays i think this kid i totally believe he's a younger version of that guy right i don't know i don't know but um
1: don't I even really like? i him. do i do like him i just i just <laughs> always liked the uh, nightcrawler from the original man
0: Right, and on top on top of all this, I want to add my biggest disappointment with the entire X Men series is like my era of X Men from the comic books was um, in the '90s when like the heart of the team was the triumvirate of Wolverine, Colossus, and Nightcrawler. Right. Those three those three guys were like best friends and like an unbeatable team to fight against and they were super fun in the comics and we never got that really we got all three of them in a couple of movies but we never got that triumvirate kind of buddy kind of team between the three of them like especially because we never really got a good colossus in yeah. this series i think the best colossus we've had is from Deadpool. Deadpool. yeah i agree he's the closest um, anyway To alan
1: alan cumming
0: is his uh is his name right 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 right. Yeah.
1: i should have known alan Cobb. Yeah, he's big completely. he's in everything yeah he's yeah. in a lot of stuff i completely forgot his name yeah he's great <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah he was he was amazing as nightcrawler but um right. yeah no i like this kid uh i did um i just like i said uh of course like no matter what you're gonna you're gonna compare in the back of your head when you're watching these yeah. characters right but um no uh, nightcrawler was cool that's one too cool
0: so, and uh, so as uh, so go ahead
1: no and i was gonna say and he actually utilizes his tail in this too <laughs> you know like, yeah he does uh there was a couple we, things he did with we get tail, which I
0: thought was we cool. get we get combat nightcrawler uh we get a great combat nightcrawler in this and they have done combat nightcrawler a couple of times well before mm-hmm. uh but we get it full on here, and I loved it here in this film, but before we get there, um where we were where we left off uh so Jean is starting to get a super increased power level, and suddenly she's she's a more powerful telepath than professor Xavier, right yeah, yeah. so- sud- and suddenly uh wait a minute how, how when does the moment happen? I'm forgetting now how does she realize how does she learn the truth about her parents?
1: Oh, that's a little bit later on um. Actually, no, no, sorry, yeah. Uh, I, f- I feel,
0: I feel like it starts to happen was, now because yeah, she yeah, goes yeah, home. Yeah, you're right. She goes um, home.
1: She was dreaming or something like that, and then um, Professor X was trying to get into her head, and then um, that's when she's like, "My father's still alive?" Because she starts like, I guess he could right. hear the father right. calling out she, to her or something she, like that. She hears,
0: she hears his thoughts. Yeah, right,
1: right, and then and um, and, and that's when he she blocks Professor X.
0: Right. And she tells him, I'm going to find out. And he says, you won't find anything you like there. Or no, he says that to somebody else later. She won't find anything good there. But he knows, basically, she decides she's going back to her childhood home uh, to to find out the truth. Because she figures out, basically through her super powerful telepathy, that he has been deceptive with her in some way. And now she has to go find out. And she gets to her childhood home and she finds her father there alive. Yeah. And then she's looking around the house and she sees no pictures of herself and it starts to dawn on her what she actually happened. Was, yeah, she was written out. Her father didn't die. Her father gave her away, didn't want her anymore because he blamed her for the death of her mother. Yeah. And this is a really poignant... This is kind of a DC origin story like we talked about before, like how like DC characters, it's always some kind of parental trauma. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's why I like this. But... um. Uh, you know, Jean figures out that her father uh, just gave her away, that, that, that she lived a lie, basically, her whole life, because Xavier told her that they had died. And she, uh, I, you know, it, I believe that you would get upset uh, it, 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 at, at this discovery, you know, at discovering you had been, your father had been alive your entire life and you hadn't known and somebody had been telling you he was dead your entire life. Yeah. That would be upsetting, right? Yeah, yeah. So totally understandable. That, um, this drives her into a more dark emotional place. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, uh, something else we completely skipped over. Okay. I was going to backtrack again. Go ahead. Um, during the whole party scene with Dazzler and all that stuff.
0: Right. So after the space mission, we had that party scene in the woods that I talked about earlier. Yeah. But, uh,
1: something happened at the party scene, um, around that same area and that is we started to see these aliens
0: coming to Earth. So we completely
1: skipped over that. And I feel like a lot of people are probably hating on this movie because there is no explanation on who these aliens are. Eventually we we find out that they're connected to that that Phoenix storm that, that happened up in space, but we don't really find out much more than that. (laughs) <laughs> and this i i feel right. like that's a, a right. huge key this is why, a major bone of contention yeah, yeah so why a lot of people are hating on this film and, but anyways uh yeah just wanted to bring that up because they come no back i'm glad you play, did
0: right i'm so, glad you yeah. did i'm glad you brought them up because i wanted to talk about this kind of extensively because um we have been talking about this a little bit behind the scenes uh what is going on with this alien race jessica chastain and her group of characters um they Ship appear <clears throat> they are the scrolls okay they they are the scrolls in story they are the scrolls in power they are the scrolls in behavior they were clearly to me intention intended intended originally to be the scrolls yeah and I absolutely believe that, even though that is, you know, nobody's come out and said that. This is my fan theory. Okay. But, but, but this is what we know, okay? This movie was reshot extensively. They said the entire third act was reshot, mm-hmm. but um, that has been uh, disputed. There, there are people who saw an original cut of it over a year ago and said it had the same third act. Okay. Um, but there were massive reshoots, that is confirmed.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh and we had that interview with James McAvoy where James McAvoy said we had to reshoot the ending because the ending was too much like another big film and everybody was like, Oh, he's talking about Captain Marvel. And then but they're like, wait a minute, he must not be he must not be speaking accurately because of that thing where the ending was the same over a year ago, and we knew that. Um, so what is he really saying? And I'm and my and I, I think it's obvious he's talking about the scrolls. Mm-hmm. They 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 edited out every mention of scroll, uh, mm-hmm. obviously because of Captain Marvel, right? Yeah. Because this this is another movie where the scrolls come to Earth. They take over human bodies and they and they. Um, Impersonate humans to move among us, and there is a scene where they're shape-shifting and fighting our heroes in trains. Yeah. Like it's, it is a lot of similarity to Captain Marvel yeah. when you keep when you keep them the scrolls. So my theory is part of what we were talking about. Why was it delayed so long? Well, we know that it was partly a reaction to um, Fox being sold to yeah. Disney, mm-hmm. and 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 how everything was going to. Uh, collide with the mcu um so we know that there were considerations uh, uh about how this movie compared to the mcu or connected to the mcu and why this was delayed and i and you're right it is so confusing this alien race in this movie they never say who they are but they tell this they tell this story that is so similar to the scroll story that you're like this is obviously the scrolls and if this was the comic book, it would it would be the scrolls. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, what we get instead is I get. I think we got a note from an inter- from an interview with like a producer or direct or the director that this race is actually another race from the comics. Yeah. Uh, but they were only briefly in the comics because uh, the Phoenix Force wiped out their entire race, and there was no survivors. And they're called the Dabani. Right. Um. So <clears throat> my opinion is what happened here is we had a scroll movie. That was very similar to Captain Marvel in all those elements, in that the scrolls arrive on Earth, they take over human bodies, and then they move among us, and then our hero has to fight them on a train and stuff. Like all those similarities would have been a lot. They would have said, "This is Captain Marvel Lite," if they left it that way, right? right. Um, so I think all of those changes involved. Okay, we edit every mention of the word scroll out of this. We and we um, we just leave it vague. We just have this is just an alien race and. And, and you know, we can edit around it enough so that it'll make enough sense that, you know, the casual fan won't have too many questions. And I think that was a mistake. I think that shows in the movie. I think the audience does kind of go, huh? When they're when we're dealing with these people. And um, I think you're absolutely right that this is part of the negative reaction that we're seeing. But I, I, but again, I mean, yeah, I see it as a flaw. But it's not so bad that it ruins this movie for me. No. I, I feel like... This, these aliens also had kind of a reduced presence. They were kind of the B plot to me. Yeah, right. In that they, they eventually in the third act become the device which brings our heroes together again because they become divided. Um, so they are important to the story, but um, you're right, I think, in your assessment that they're kind of confusing and they're throwing the audience off.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, okay.
1: so um okay
0: Evan Peters is the actor playing Quicksilver Maximoff is the character's name right I I misspoke earlier I I called the actor Maximoff I I met Evan Peters
1: so um we see the um the scroll the (laughs) Uh, Dabani yeah the Dabani um after after the whole big huge fight which is probably um I don't know do you think that was the best part of the movie or do you think what, the, the, the fight? Mean out, the the yeah, third yeah. act, the train scene? No, no. The um the the fight between like the X-Men and Phoenix. You think that was Oh, good?
0: In, in, in her mansion, you mean?
1: Um no, outside of the parents' house, of the dad's house. Oh,
0: that one, okay. Yeah. So let's get back. Let's go back there. Okay. Yeah. Um so she goes to the dad's house and everybody uh we also skipped the part where um hold on. Hold on. No,
1: we're we're right where uh
0: First, okay, no you're right you're, she, right. She okay, right, okay. you're right. you're right. Okay, right. Okay. You're um, right. You're she right. Right, you're right. She
1: loses her shit because she finds out that he basically threw her threw her out of his life. Right. Uh, because... But
0: Xavier Xavier figures out where she is yeah. uh using Cerebro even though he can't read her mind anymore. Yep. Uh Hank Hank tracks her down, I think. Hank is the one who who knows where she's going because
1: yes, maybe so he uh, told yeah. her. Yeah, I
0: believe he so. told. Uh, yeah. Maybe she told him. Um so he he reads Hank's mind and figures out where she is. So the X-Men show up at her dad's house um and Xavier's like, you know, Jean, uh, I need to explain, we need to talk, you know, calm down. She's really upset and her powers start to get out of control and um she fights the X-Men. Yeah. Um and um you know, I will big spoiler here, uh okay. Uh, the X Men try to talk her down and try to tell her, you know, we're your friends, we're here to help, and uh, she loses control and she kills Mystique. Yeah. Um. So Jennifer Lawrence has her death scene here really early in the film, pretty much. Yeah. Um. And a lot of people are saying, oh, this movie was phoned in. I I don't feel that about most of the movie except for Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence was absolutely phoned in. Um. And um. I want to take a moment here to just say. Um, Jennifer Lawrence was a mistake in this entire series. She never should have been cast as Mystique. Yeah. She she has never devoted herself to the character the same way that Rebecca uh, Romaine Stamos did. Yeah. In that in that she never really disappeared into the character. It was always Jennifer Lawrence with blue makeup on, mm-hmm. making making some speech about you know her emotions. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the deadly. Uh, dangerous uh, dark mystique character that we all know and love Um, and uh, I was glad she exited the movie early honestly and her death scene her death scene didn't have an emotional um, it didn't hook me emotionally at all I I understand it's important to the characters and it drives the plot majorly and I and I and I I'm fine with all of the I'm fine with all of the the homework that was done, the groundwork that was laid for that in the film, even though me personally, I wasn't connected to Jennifer Lawrence. Um, uh, it didn't pull me out of my disbelief of the characters, uh, being, you know, incredibly, uh, shattered by this moment. Um, so basically after this moment, she flees. Yeah. Uh, Jean Grey runs away and, um, the (laughs) X-Men, uh, are, are left with, uh, poor uh dead mystique and uh and gene flees to magneto who uh we 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 come across uh he's living with the brotherhood of mutants uh they have they have some land that was given to them by the u.s government so they're so they're not a foul of the law anymore they've kind of just gone away to live on their own away from society um and they've got like
1: living in shipping containers.
0: <laughs> yeah, they've got like this they've got like this really kind of it looks like a military rebel kind of base in the jungle somewhere. Yeah. Um and yeah, they have cargo shipping containers uh set up as their their houses and stuff. Yeah. Um <clears throat> it's very guerrilla war, it's very um like I said, like, like military insurgent kind of feeling, but they're in a peaceful place. They're not at war. They're just um, basically kind of doing their own version of what Xavier is doing. They're, they're, they're creating a home, a safe space for mutants to live. But these, but these aren't mutants who want to live among society. These are people, mutants who want to live separate from society. Um, So Jean goes there. um, I guess maybe thinking it might be her, her safe place. Magnino might understand. Because Magneto's done bad things, and now she's done bad things, even though um, she knows the connection between Magneto and Mystique, right? So, mm-hmm. I thought it was a weird choice for her to go to Magneto, yeah. but um, you know, still cool to get him back in the movie <laughs> of yeah. early on, and um, cool to see how he reacts to Jean. You know, he's like, "Whose blood is that?" Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't know what happened. Um, she doesn't tell him, uh, she's just like, you know, I'm in a really bad place and my powers are out of control and I'm hurting people and you've done that too. So I was wondering if you could, you know, tell me how you stop hurting people. Um, and he actually tries to like, um, trigger her. He tries to, he tries to upset her, tries to get her to show her, show him. uh like how bad these bad powers are she's talking about because he really has no idea what's happening here this is just he hasn't seen this chick in years she just shows up in his jungle and she's all screwed up and he's like you know i want to know what's going on here um but before he uh manages to trigger her into any kind of uh event the military shows up because they're hunting her and they figured out that she's there and um they try to arrest her, and then she loses it on them. Uh, she uh, starts throwing the helicopters around and uh, uh, causing all kinds of chaos. Mm-hmm. And uh, then she ends up leaving again. Um, so uh, Magneto doesn't know still what happened. Uh, and uh, he's got this big mess at his at his plantation in the jungle. Um, and then I believe uh, we move on to Hank. Seeking out Magneto, Hank has a scene with Xavier first, where he blames Xavier. Yeah, um, and this is again more of this. I mean, okay, I I, I I can I can suspend my disbelief on this scene. I I, I believe wh- that Hank would be very traumatized at this moment. Hank was also in love with Raven, so Raven's death, watching her just get murdered by Jean Grey, uh, this would turn Hank really dark. And I didn't mind this at all. The team gets divided here. Exactly the way it would in the comic books. Exactly the way it did in the comic books many, many, many times. Right. Um, so Hank turning on Xavier, I totally buy. Even though his criticisms are, are wrong, uh, like not completely right anyway, um, they are driven by this terrible trauma that he's just gone through and um, the loss of this woman that he was in love with. Um, but but basically we get more of this exposition where it's like people are saying, you know, you shouldn't have lied to her this is your fault. This is your arrogance. Uh, You're out of control. Um, Blame, blame, blame. Um, A a really poignant scene for me because I felt for both characters. Like I still, I still completely empathize with Xavier. I still don't blame Xavier for the mistake that he made. Um, And um, I don't blame Hank for wanting to kill Gene uh, at at this point. Right. Right.
1: Right. Um, I was going to say, even though he was blamed he never really said this was her father's choice. You know what I mean? Like, right, realistically, right, right. it wasn't he never, really He him. never puts the
0: blame where it belongs. Yeah. It wasn't really right.
1: him as much as her dad saying, you're a mutant. Take the, Take her.
0: Right. You know what I mean, no, I, I would have liked one little speech from James McAvoy where he said, look, I, I, I've never been a father before. I, you know, I came across this little girl, in this horrible situation, you know, I'm a, I'm a telepath. I can hear her thoughts. I can, I I can feel her pain. Mm-hmm. I did the only thing I could think to do to, to end her pain and to comfort her. All I wanted to do was comfort her and make her feel loved. Yeah. Like, and, and like he said that with his eyes, you know, and he's, he, he kind of, he kind of tried to convey that, you know, with his, Uh, amazing acting ability uh and to me i felt that i got that in the as an audience member but i think the script would have really benefited from a few lines like that um instead of just xavier just constantly just just like looking devastated like like and admitting that he did make mistakes but um you know i think there could have been a little more explanation of the mistakes that he made instead of blame right Mm -hmm. um but that was just me, and uh, and and the characters I totally bought into. So so Hank basically decides he's given up on on Xavier um, as leader, and um, he only wants to find and kill Jean. And so he goes to Magneto. So he shows up at Magneto's compound in the X Jet, and Magneto's like, "What's going on here?" And so Hank tells Magneto, uh, "I need you to help me find Jean. She killed." She killed Raven. Yeah. And so Magneto is like, oh my god, Raven's dead. Mag- these are two guys who would love with Raven, right? Yeah. Um, so he's like, you know, if I find Jean, I'm going to kill her. And Hank's like, yeah, I know. Let's find her. Yeah. So um, this is great to me. This is what this is what would have happened in the in the comics for sure. Like the, the team would have been split by this. The, th- these characters would have reacted in these ways. And I was totally on board. Right for everything that was happening here. Um, uh, but now we go to the scene where uh, Jessica Chastain's alien character introduces herself to Jean Grey, who's hiding out in a bar drinking. Yeah. Um, and uh, we get the whole introduction of the explanation of what the Phoenix Force is, mm-hmm. that it—that it's this cosmic uh, being with the ability to create life and destroy life at will, that it's actually a well-meaning being, but it wiped out her race uh, and and she and her companions are a few survivors of her race who have tracked the Phoenix Force across the galaxy uh, with the intention of harnessing it to recreate their home or to resurrect their race or to you know basically just reestablish themselves but they want the phoenix force they want the power the power that's in gene gray that we know chose gene gray for a purpose like the phoenix force didn't come to her by accident it's kind of like the green lantern ring uh you have to be the person chosen by this power to be able to inhabit this power it's so powerful it will kill anyone who tries to take it against its will
1: right
0: phoenix force has a mind of its own um and and we kinda get, you know, uh, the introduction to basically all of this lore anyway in this scene, uh, with Jessica Chastain. And again, um this scene would have probably benefited a little bit from them being scrolls. Uh because <laughs> because it's the scroll story, right? It's yeah. the, the, the alien shape shifting race without a homeland, just seeking a new homeland for their people, right? Like, um, but um yeah, no, no, not scrolls the bunny. Okay, <laughs> uh, so uh, Jessica Chastain's like, you know, come with me. I can show you how to harness your power. They'll never understand you. They'll always just want to destroy you because they don't. We get a great callback to the previous movies where Xavier has said this over and over to to mutants when he's when he's recruiting them. Is like they fear you because they don't understand you and what they fear, they seek to destroy. Right. Jessica Ch- Jessica Chastain repeats that line. To Jean Grey in this moment, to and and it's and she's talking about the X Men this time instead of about humanity. Uh, so it's a great little twist of the knife in the whole X Men uh, lore in that scene there, which I enjoyed. Um, and she takes she takes Jean Grey back to her mansion and where all the other aliens are hanging out. And then we have more exposition. We get a scene where. Um, Gene uh, Gray basically is shown a vision of what happens in the galaxy and the Cosmic Phoenix Force and its power right. and and it's during all of this uh, that the X Men and Magneto and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants with Hank mm-hmm. in uh, on their side arrive at the same moment to try to kill Gene or to try to save Gene. So we have two, two opposing teams again. We've got Magneto on one side, Xavier on the other side again. We've got the Brotherhood on one side, the X-Men on one side again. We've got X-Men on the wrong side, on the Brotherhood side again. This is typical X-Men stuff that I love, um, and, and, and I totally enjoyed it. Um, so uh, we quickly find out that the X-Men are no threat to gene gray magneto is no threat to gene gray right uh we gene quickly shows him that he cannot hurt her that his her power is so much more powerful than his that uh we see magneto get really afraid and um he could have died right and
1: that was a great scene actually um when she like basically crushes the um uh, his skull with uh, with the helmet, and then just with explodes his helmet it, on, yeah.
0: and that explodes. Then she, it basically, she destroys. Yeah. She destroys his helmet, which is supposed to be immune to telepathy. Yeah. So she's not supposed to be able to hurt him because of this helmet. And she just reaches out her hand and crushes it and and breaks it into pieces. Yeah, and and he's like helpless. He's completely helpless to her power yeah. in that moment. And <clears throat> luckily, uh, this is when. Uh, Xavier manages to get Nightcrawler to bamf him into the room. Um, A great fight outside, by the way, between the Brotherhood and and the X-Men. And the army who have showed up in response to a mutant fight going on, right? And what we we get another great thing here, which is callbacks to previously in the series, is that when the military shows up, they have all this anti-mutant technology and they immediately just start taking everybody prisoners and putting the, the, the anti-mutant collars on them yeah. and take, take them out of the fight. So we get a three-way fight here, X-Men, Brotherhood, military, and it's it's super cool. It's super fun. It's really well choreographed. We get Storm using her powers in the, be- in the best way we've ever seen in these movies, I think. We get uh, a lot of great uh, Nightcrawler combat and um and some cool brotherhood stuff too i don't know the names of all their characters um like the guy with the whip hair with <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah uh yeah um but um really great fight there that uh you know culminates in what what happens inside the mansion and what happens inside the mansion is what i'm talking about when i referenced earlier about how i said they they kind of they kind of intentionally call back to x men 2 united hmm. because after she chucks Magneto into the room, and she gets Xavier under her power. And we get like a a really dark scene where she uses her to, to telekinesis to to pick up Xavier out of his wheelchair and make him walk up, up the, the stairs, stairs towards yeah. her. And great. then he star- but then he's but then she starts to squeeze his head, yeah. just like in X two when Jean Grey murders Xavier the same way by telekinetically just like overpowering his body and making him explode it looks like exactly the same thing is about to happen in this film. Mm. And because we remember this happening in the X2, it heightens the drama of this moment when we see Xavier's head start to go veiny and like, and warbly just like Patrick Stewart's did before exploded (laughs) in X2. Um, but in this version of the story, uh, Xavier is able to reach out to Jean gray inside the dark Phoenix character. Mm. And she is able to stop herself. She is able to actually understand. She goes into Xavier's mind and she witnesses all of the moments when he told her the lie, basically when he suppressed the memory of her father abandoning her and, and replaced it with a memory of her father dying and and she, we see in this moment finally, and maybe that's why we didn't get it in the dialogue earlier. Like I was complaining about, maybe it's because we preserved it for this moment mm-hmm. when we actually We actually see in flashbacks inside Xavier's mind, and we actually kind of we can feel we can feel it now, right? We can feel that Xavier was not trying to fuck with her or being arrogant. Or you know, mean in any way. He really just fell for her and cared about her and wanted to like show her love, mm-hmm. and that and that is the thing that stops her from killing him in that moment. Yep, yeah. and carries the story story forward. Right, um, then uh, she tries to give the power away to Jessica Chastain. She's like, "Please take this from me." And Jessica's like, "Yes, please." And that and this is where we learn that somehow part of her abilities, Jessica Chastain, is that she can. Just touch Jean Grey and suck the power out of her. I guess, kind of like, like Rogue or something. I don't know. But um, something but like we that. get, but but we get this moment where it's like Jessica Chastain hugs Jean Grey and the Phoenix Force starts to leave Jean Grey and but enter she, Jessica Chastain.
1: She has to use a warm embrace because <laughs> remember she yeah. like hugs her, yeah. <laughs> I
0: think I think think it was because Gene has to be willing, but I don't know, uh, because later on, you know, they kind of go against that if that's the case. But um, in this moment, this is kind of a weak moment for me. This is a moment where I'm going to actually criticize the story because we get some really lazy exposition here Mm. in that there's this moment where Jessica Chastain is trying to absorb the, the Phoenix force and Xavier is just on the floor witnessing this moment and he's just talking to jessica chastain and jessica chastain is just looking over gene's shoulder and talking to xavier while she's absorbing this power from gene it's really kind of a weird awkward thing to me in this moment but he's like you're going to kill all of us when you get this power, aren't you? And she's like, yes. She's like, when I get, when I get this power, I'm going to take your world for ours and I'm going to kill you all. She didn't, she didn't have to say any of this. There was no point. She didn't have to talk to Xavier. There was no point in her, in her giving away her entire plan in this moment. But in, but in this moment, Xavier realizes oh my god, Gene, she's not going to save you by taking this power away. She's going to kill us all when she takes this power away. So he starts saying, Gene, let go, Gene, let go, Gene, let go. Reaching again, trying to reach into her to like that original, that true self, that Gene Gray self, right, that's that's gradually being lost to the Dark Phoenix persona as the film goes on. And again it works. Again, Gene resists and she breaks the embrace. No, 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 she doesn't. I'm sorry. I'm wrong because there's a character here that we haven't even talked about yet who should be important. Um, Cyclops, Ty Sheridan, right. uh, as Cyclops. And, um, a quick note from me, um, uh, Cyclops, like my least favorite character to begin with, mm-hmm. but, but Ty Sheridan, I think is the worst of the three Cyclops that we've had. Yeah um and um i'll have to agree with you on that one <laughs> and um yeah and i really felt that he was useless and just there to react mm-hmm. like al- almost like you know if it was 20 years ago he would have been like the girlfriend character yeah. who is who was just there for like oh my god um that that's how i felt about this character yeah. until until this one moment in the film they gave him one moment where he was important <laughs> he he saves jean from um from the alien character at this moment yeah. he busts into the room and he blasts Jessica Chastain's character with a cyclops blast yeah. and he and he breaks the embrace
1: yeah.
0: <clears throat> so that's enough to set Gene free yeah. um <laughs> so uh but Gene is incapacitated she's the the whole the whole event of having the power drained from her i guess uh, harmed her, right? So immediately after these events, I believe we go to everyone is captured by the military. Yeah. Every everyone has the mutant collars on, yeah. so nobody has their powers anymore. And we're in this train. We're in this train that is some kind of like mutant prison train or yeah. something, right? Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, you know the Brotherhood and the X Men are all in the same car together, all talking. Trying to work out, you know, try, Xavier's trying to say, look, she's not, she's still Jean. We can't kill her. We have to save her. Um, and, uh, we start to get Magneto and and Hank in this moment come back to Xavier's side. And the team just kind of comes back together in this conversation on the train. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's because we've got, we've had the exposition of, well, this alien race is going to kill us all if we don't work together now, basically, um, and, and again, that exposition having come so lazily, I, I feel like this is a major criticism of this third act, fine. Um, but it's still nowhere near as bad as Apocalypse or, X, or like X-Men Origins. So um, I, what I come to... No pre- origins, mean? I'm, I'm, I'm still here to defend this movie, is basically what... Um, because this fight scene that, that occurs now... Uh we're on the train, right? The military is in charge. The mm. mutants all have their powers taken away by the mutant callers. Jean is in her own car and she's tied down like like crucified like yeah. almost, yeah. Uh, yeah. but she's unconscious still, yeah. but she has like a collar and a head thing on yeah. and and she's she's shackled. Um and she's basically at the head of the train, and the setup is the aliens bust in at the end of the train, and the aliens have to make it all the way through the train. I don't know why they wouldn't have just gone to the first car, uh, but they, then there whatever. Have been a third act. <laughs> the, the aliens have to fight their way all the way through the train to get yeah. to Jean Grey because they're still trying to get Jean to steal her power. Yeah um it's funny so that
1: you notice the jesus christ pose as well because <laughs> well, as soon as they show up, i'm like oh my god she's oh jesus. they
0: do that in x-men all the time they did yeah. it with magneto, magneto so many times yeah, okay. and they, they did it with xavier in apocalypse they did it with the with apocalypse they 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 love the jesus thing in, in, and yeah. in, in, um so i was not surprised by it um but uh so the fight scene happens basically and uh, the the military thinks that they can take on these aliens because they just beat up these mutants so easily with their anti mutant technology. Yeah. But the mutants are like, hey guys, you got to let us out to fight these guys. They're not mutants. You can't stop them. Yeah. And they soon find out that's true, right? The, they they they're like T one thousands when they get shot by machine guns, the bullets just go through them like liquid metal, yeah. and they just they just heal up and keep walking. They don't even they don't even flinch, yeah. which is I think that's a little more powerful than the scrolls maybe ever were, but you know, uh they're not scrolls, so we don't have to Yeah. They're what are
1: they called? Bidets?
0: <laughs> Demani. Any Demani. Demani. Um so so uh... So anyway, uh the military quickly figure out that they can't fight these aliens without the X-Men's help, yeah. and they set them free. And then this train fight turns really violent and cool to me you know and i and i know that it's maybe it's a flaw in my character that i'm always I, i'm always about the violence in these movies yeah. but like the comic books to me that's what that's what they're about right like they're like these cool action scenes all, like all the way through all these comic books where you're like as a comic fan you're like oh my god i can't believe they just did that move or like mm-hmm. i can't believe he just took all of that that assault and he's just fighting back and he's fine like these are moments from the comics that made the comics exciting for us. So, yeah. like, when I, when I see, like, the the violence done on a level that's better than, you know, most, you know, like, just standard movie violence. When it's actually comic book violence on the screen has to be, like uh, like, a higher level thing, right? It, it requires a lot of special effects and it requires a lot of, you know, these characters have abilities that normal people don't have. And to do that well on screen is such a difficult thing to do and and I, and I really like the way they, what, what they did the fight scenes in this movie um, We get a great moment with uh, Magneto which I love which I'm always gonna remember uh, where he's standing in one car of the train and like a bunch of aliens are coming at him yeah. on the next on the next car and like the doors are open in between them and they're coming and coming and coming and he just reaches up his hand and crushes the entire train car that they're on, and, like a twi- like a tin can.
1: And the funny and cr- thing is, when he was fighting those those uh, aliens, in my head I was thinking, "Why don't you just crush the train?" And right. lo and behold, when he did it, I was like, "Oh my god, that was fucking awesome!" It was so <laughs> awesome, right? Yeah, no, that was a great. Just like that a great like moment.
0: that is Magneto, right? Yeah. Like crush you like a bug with my yeah. unbelievable power. Um, and, and we got. Got a little moment of
1: that. I was really surprised how much violence was actually in this scene too, like not like over the gra- Nightcrawler, like, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, not like over the top violence, like Deadpool or by any, by any means. But yep. I was actually surprised of nope. uh, the no, they actually like took it on, to yeah next yeah. level, like killing bullet people.
0: holes in people's faces yeah. and. Like really, really graphic violence, and I think it kinda reminded me of Logan a little bit. I felt like I felt like the violence was amped up a little bit. Like probably it wasn't because, rated it wasn't yeah, rated, it was rated all at probably, all. Yeah. But but yeah, we were definitely going for the darkness in Dark Phoenix. The mm. darkness in Dark Phoenix is definitely there. It's yeah. not like Apocalypse, where Apocalypse was supposed to feel really dark, but if there was just something missing, it was just too goofy uh, because of Oscar Isaac's makeup mostly, but 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 this is not goofy like that movie. This is dark this movie and I I enjoyed this. Anyway, um uh, oh, important things about this fight. What am I missing? Oh, um Nightcrawler again and people complain it. Of- yeah. I saw Jeremy Johns complain about this. This isn't Nightcrawler. They completely changed the character. They made him all violent. He just teleports people in front of a train, and he teleports people into walls and stuff. And yes, Jeremy Johns, if you ever read a fucking X-Men comic, you'd know that's how Nightcrawler fights. Yeah. And that's and that's what I've wanted to see Nightcrawler do always, and he does it in this movie, yeah. and it's great. It's oh. great. Oh, that
1: was Fuck uh, that was great when he, when he did the whole flash in front of the train. I, I love uh, that. Yeah, Yeah. That
0: yeah, and he loses like he beasts out a little bit. Like Nightcrawler is the is a demon. He's like he he does have a rage factor in the comics, kind of like Wolverine does. Like he doesn't he doesn't get there as often or as easily, but when pushed, he gets there. And he gets pushed, and he gets there in this movie. And I and I enjoy it. I enjoy it yeah. uh, just like I enjoyed Storm in this movie. Uh, both those characters. Uh, I wish I could see more of. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, this fight progresses until, of course, Jean finally wakes up. And, um, of course, there's no fighting Jean. Jean is so powerful. She might as well be omnipotent at this point.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And um, Jessica Chastain tries again to steal Jean's power. She sneaks up behind her, runs up on her, tackles her, embraces her. Starts to suck it out, but this time, this time Jean is in full control. This time Jean is almost fully, completely Dark Phoenix, and and she is not phased. She turns, looks at Jessica Chastain. She says, "You want this power? Then have it." And and she you know evaporates her basically. And then Jean fully evolves, fully changes, loses her body. Takes on the cosmic form of the Phoenix and ascends into the heavens. Yeah. Uh, the X-Men and the Brotherhood basically just watch Gene turn into this giant fiery phoenix and fly into space, right? And, and and to them, she's she's gone. Um she's dead to them, but we know that she's not dead, that she still exists. We even get a voiceover at the end of the movie from uh, sorry, the actress Sophie, uh, Sophie Turner, Sophie Turner. Yeah. Uh, uh, to let you know that Jean Grey is still in the Phoenix Force, and the Phoenix Force is just out there in space. But, but the, the, the great final moment for me, the great character moment for Jean that we got in this film that we didn't get in X-Men two was this moment where she saves the day because she realizes that the most important thing to her is protecting her family. And she says that line, I know what I have to do. I have to protect my family. And we get that. Xavier is in her mind, or she's in Xavier's mind, and they're talking before she rises up in the train. Mm. And and, and that great X-Men moment, that great Jean Grey moment, really touched me and really set this above X2 United for me. Because... Because because it's, it is, this is, this is X-Men storytelling, it is it is the fact that Xavier was kind to her, taught her how to use her powers, and control them, and gave her the parenting that she needed, and the family that she needed, it is because of that, that these terrible powers don't I consume her and turn her into some evil villain. It is because of that that the day is saved. It is because of the love that Professor Xavier gives them. The same thing with Magneto. Same thing with lots of characters like Wolverine. All these characters constantly on the brink of going wrong, all rescued by the love and the family that Professor Xavier gave them. And we get that as the final moment uh, of uh, you know the, the pinnacle moment, anyway, of this film, uh, of the third act, and I, I'm sorry, but I, I'm an X Men fan, and I love that. Okay. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, do, you, do you have any thoughts on this before we move on to the day number one? We're going to wrap up soon.
1: Uh, okay. So a couple of things. Um, for myself. Um, okay. So the third act, uh, the fight was good. Um, it was a little, the transition to the train was a little awkward. <laughs> rushed. Um, yeah. Very rushed. Yep. Um, yep. but no, overall, um, it wasn't too bad. The ending was a little cheesy when like with the whole, like, I don't know, the Phoenix rising up and stuff. I don't know. Uh, it, was, it was, I guess it was okay, but. But, um, is it? but that's
0: what happens in the comics, right? Like, oh, is
1: it? okay. So, um, <laughs> Okay, well, if it happens in the comics, and yeah, sure. Uh, like
0: in the comic, in the comics, yeah, Jean becomes the Phoenix Force and disappears into space, and they think Jean's dead okay, until see, she until know. until she returns to save the day later. Okay. But she's just in space as the Cosmic Phoenix. Okay. This is see, this is that. the comic book. For, yeah. Okay.
1: Um, <coughs> no Stan Lee cameo in this movie. I was actually surprised about that. Yeah, um, that, I was yeah. expecting it because Good this point. this movie was shot like yeah. two years ago. So I was Good expecting point. to see a Stanley cameo. Yeah. Um I was a little I was a little taken by that. Um the continuity in this uh series I guess because they did the whole time thing. Um like um which one was it again? Um the second one. They did which one time was jumping and shit. Are
0: you talking about uh, Days of Future Past?
1: Was it Days of Yeah, that's the one.
0: That's like the third or fourth one. Was I don't the, remember. Yeah, I don't even know. Think, yeah, I think you're right. it was think one it of the later the ones. One. Yeah.
1: Um, that was
0: the one that introduced the new cast.
1: Right. The, it, okay. Um, but yeah, no. I guess with time jumping, um, like when Mystique died, I was like, "What?" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but then sure, I then sure. I then when I thought about it, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I forgot they introduced time travel. So I guess it's different right.
0: timeline." Right. Right, okay, kind before, of lights, before Star
1: Trek and all that stuff. Sorry, you're gonna yeah.
0: say. I was gonna say before we summarize the whole series, we should talk about the final scene. Okay. Um, so, uh, like a- after the all the events of this. Um, Uh, We get a great little denouement, which kind of tries to wrap up the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We we see that uh, Professor Xavier retires from his school, and he renames it the Jean Grey School for the Youngsters. That was another one I was like, really? In tribute to Jean. I'm okay okay with that. That's fine. Uh, Again, this could all be – this reminds me of Logan. Like when they talk about the – the the events that they're describing in Logan, like what happened back in New York, um, which they don't go into in many detail. Mm-hmm. I think this could have this could have been like part of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so uh, he leaves the school. Hank is the headmaster. This happens in the comics. Hank is the headmaster of the school mm-hmm. in the comics at, at certain points. Okay. Um, uh, and we see, you know, they show Storm teaching a class. And they show Quicksilver telling people to slow down in the halls. Yeah. Um, so we get cute little wrap-up moments. And then we get the... the the. I, I felt like it was the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight uh, trilogy ending. Where we get, like, it's a cafe we don't know where. And we get Xavier sitting at a little table uh, at a roadside cafe. Just like Bruce Wayne at the end of the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, yeah. <laughs> And he's in his retirement, and he's happy. And we get, um, of course, Magneto sits down across from him, Changes and he brought him, a
1: yeah.
0: and he brought a chess and he brought a chessboard and he, and and James McAvoy or Xavier is like not expecting him. Obviously, he's like, "What are you doing here? This is this is you know he's skeptical." And then uh, Magneto tells him. You know, you saved my life once. You gave me a home and a family. I want to offer the same to you now. So um, we're basically left with the impression that going forward, Xavier and and Magneto are going to just you know hang out together, maybe yeah. travel the world together, maybe help mutants together. But um, they're gonna they're gonna carry on their friendship anyway. Right. Is 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 where we leave this? And, um, and we've seen
1: I, we've seen this before. I'm I'm talking within uh, the X Men universe, so. Yeah. When they uh, didn't they do this as uh, if I remember correctly, didn't they end one of the movies? Yes. where they were both like in jail or something like that or something. I no, I
0: think, I think it was, I don't know if it was X one or X two, but, um, yeah, Magneto was in the all plastic prison. Yeah. That's uh, what it was, so, right? so that, so that he couldn't, you know, escape and yeah. Xavier, that's Xavier, Xavier, yeah. Xavier visits him and plays chess with him yeah. in, in in his prison. Yeah. And, um, you know, they've had, they had that conversation where Magneto's like, I'm never going to stop fighting. And, and Xavier's like, I'm, I'm always going to be here to, to stop you. Yeah. Um, old friend right and then and the, the chess game is always kind of the representation of the whole xavier magneto dynamic yeah. which is which is so great for this series like both iterations of xavier and magneto uh are fantastic just love like th- these are the things that connect me to this series yeah. these characters characters these actors that have been so great in these characters um with the exception of a few like Jennifer Lawrence, and I, and I honestly think Sophie Turner maybe wasn't the strongest choice for Jean Grey. For Jean, yeah. Um, she was really hot at the time, you know, you know, Game of Thrones and everything. So I, you know, I I can't really fault them too much for that casting choice that yeah. really, didn't, really didn't go maybe as well as it could have. But um, uh, you know, again, overall, I don't have a big problem with this movie at all.
1: Yeah. Uh, so anyway like i said, I thought it was all right uh definitely not the strongest x-men film but um i
0: where would you where would you list it let's let's rate it among the x-men films oh man uh see like, now,
1: now you now you make me use my brain
0: I don't. I don't remember all the films, but I'm yeah. going to say at least. I'll, I'll go. For, I'll go first. I'm going to say it's. It's better than the worst of them, which was X Men Origins Wolverine. Yep. It's. It's better than the second worst of them, which was X Men Apocalypse. Better than it's, Last Stand. It's better than X Two United for me. I uh, actually
1: like that one probably the most. So I'm. I'm I defer there with you. OK, um,
0: but uh, like for me, first it's
1: class was up there for me, too. For me,
0: it's probably in the bottom half yeah. of the, the entire list, but it's not at the bottom. It's like at the top end of the bottom half for mm-hmm. me. Okay. And, so
1: and, in again, the yeah, and and again,
0: yeah, and my my belief, once again, if it if it was free of all expectations, if it was an MCU film, um, people would like do, it do just you, just fine.
1: Do you count uh, the Deadpool films as X-Men films?
0: Yes, I do. Yes, I do. OK. Yeah, right.
1: It's definitely lower than both
0: of those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, But for me, but for me, I'm happy with. I'll give this film a six and a half out of ten. Oh, which is get out of
1: my head, Professor
0: X. It's one of my lower ratings, (laughs) but but I would I would see this again, and um and I have no hate for it.
1: Yeah. Okay. And yeah, dude, I was you're riding my brain. I was thinking six point five. Exactly the same. Yeah, six point five. So we're so you liked it better than Godzilla. Uh, I did. I actually did. Uh, Godzilla was a little bit of a disappointment for me. I was expecting more, yeah. but um, Dark Phoenix, I guess, because of all of the backlash, it exceeded it. It, it exceeded my expectations. Yes. So I definitely it's- thought I definitely thought it was
0: better. Okay, so yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So we're we're both solid, six point five out of ten. And I'm gonna say, look, if you're a casual superhero movie fan, and and if it's not as good as Endgame, you're gonna be disappointed. Then don't bother don't bother seeing it. But if you're an X Men fan, and if you have if if you loved X Men comics, or if you have loved uh, uh, any of this series of films, I think you're gonna find something in this movie you enjoy, and I don't think you're gonna hate it nearly as much as as all of the youtubers are telling you.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> there we are. There we are. Anyway, uh I got to wrap up here soon. Uh do you yeah. have any uh do you have any final thoughts that um, you want to
1: add? No. Um I pretty much said my two cents. I was a little disappointed that there was no Stanley um being that it was filmed 2 years ago. There must be they must have shot something for it. Uh maybe they yeah. just maybe they just yeah. filmed Who knows. It it wasn't appropriate i don't know yeah. um like i said other than that um yeah i i pretty much said my two cents about it Um Alrighty then yourself
0: um yeah, no, I, I, I get I just wanna I wanna reiterate if if you if you're a fan of X-Men go see it.
1: Yeah. I and agree. Uh, I agree with Don't that.
0: don't believe the hype. It's a lie again. It's anti it's MCU bias again. If yeah. this was an MCU movie, it would get good reviews. I swear to you. I yeah, swear to I, you.
1: I feel like the uh Rotten Tomatoes um, audience rating was definitely higher. Uh, yeah, sixty-four percent compared to critics, which is twenty-three. Right. So um yeah, so audience rating I I kind of like to look at both. Um when I look at Rotten tomatoes, so yep. um I take the good with the bad. Um regardless if uh if it's a complete stinker, if I really want to see it, I'll watch it regardless. And this was right. one I went and watched regardless. So good. Yeah. Uh Janet, cool. you have anything to say? That's the
0: end. <laughs> <laughs> That's all for episode 18 Janet, but uh thanks for coming out Ms. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Jackson if you're not and, there. and thank you to anyone who's listening uh, Please uh, check us out on Twitter At yeah. uh, At uh, forward slash or sorry At too old for this pod Spelled with a two and a four the way 90s rappers would spell it Check us out and like us on Facebook At facebook.com forward slash too old for this podcast yeah. Spelled with a two and a four The way 90s rappers would do it Because that's what we happen to be brother That's
1: right And uh, on that note
0: Just chill
1: Until <laughs> the next episode Who are you?
0: JD the MC. <laughs> I'm Jeremy Jones. And who are
1: you? I'm MC Kevin Kev. DJ, DJ Kevin. Kev Kev.
0: <laughs> Formerly DJ Refried. <laughs> On nerd and up nerd. Over and out. Good night.
1: Thank you for listening. What?